Well, we are ready to go with 16 games on Thursday, 16 more on Friday. The opening round of the 2019 NCAA Tournament. It's all part of college basketball coast-to-coast. I am your host, TJ Reeves. I've got special guests coming up as we preview all the madness. We're not going to go over every single game and every matchup, but we're going to hit a lot of the high spots today of games that intrigue not only me, but our analysts that are going to be joining us. We've got a special guest, uh, the winning head coach of the Georgia State Panthers from this past weekend in the Sun Belt Conference Championship. Ron Hunter will be here, uh, the coach in the aftermath of the game of the victorious uh, Georgia State win in the Sun Belt title game over UT Arlington this past Sunday in New Orleans. He didn't know at the time that their matchup would be the Houston Cougars, but that is, in fact, the game that is coming uh, for them on Friday afternoon. So I want you to hear from Georgia State's uh, head coach as they get ready to play in Tulsa against Houston, the American Conference regular season champs. Uh, here on the program. So we'll set the table that way. Uh, also, Mark Wise, my analyst, the former Purdue and South Florida assistant, has been with me on Sirius XM, on Fox Sports Radio, on TuneIn as well, and as part of college basketball coast-to-coast. Mark does a great job on the ESPN family of networks on TV with them, with the SEC network on TV. He'll be working the radio call of Florida's matchup with the Florida Gators taking on Nevada, the Nevada Wolfpack out of the Mountain West, the regular season champs. That is a 7 10 game coming Thursday night in Des Moines, Iowa. So Mark will be here to not only talk about that game, but the games that he likes, intrigued for whatever reason, possible upsets. Mark will be here on the show. Also Matt Zemick will be here. CBBToday.com. Love his writing and insight and he's a frequent guest on this podcast on College Basketball Coast to Coast. So Matt will be here uh, as well. Uh, to preview Thursday and Friday, possible upsets, games that intrigue him. We'll get all kinds of insight from Matt Zimmick a little bit later on here in the show. So here we go with 16 matchups today from all over the country today and on Friday. Particularly, though, if you're hearing us on Thursday, you're going to see a lot of different games in a lot of different places uh, across the board here, uh, whether it be... Uh, you know, the different matchups in particular on Thursday uh, that interest us. Gonzaga is a one seed that's participating in Salt Lake City. Uh, meantime, the Virginia, uh, Duke, and North Carolina number one seed games are not going to be until Friday as the top teams getting to play in the evening in all of those cases. Still, we'll have two seeds like Michigan State in action on uh, Thursday afternoon, likewise, Michigan as a two-seed in action Thursday afternoon as well. Thursday night, Kentucky as a two-seed will be playing in Jacksonville. Uh, we're interested to see what happens in that game. And Tennessee also as a two-seed will be playing on Friday night uh, in the action in the South Regional as they play in Columbus, Ohio. So again, that's the top teams, but we're also interested in what some of the lesser teams will do. Where are those upsets coming? You'll hear me talking about this with the guests. You know what's going to happen. If you got double digits in front of your name, 10, 11, 12 seed, just be wary as all these games unfold. We're anxious to get it started. Let's do so. Mark Wise is going to be here straight ahead to talk to me about the games he's interested in for Thursday and Friday. Ron Hunter, the Georgia State coach. You'll hear from him in the aftermath of his team's clinching win for the NCAA tournament in the Sunbelt title game. You'll hear that conversation in a little bit and Matt Zimmick with me as well. Let's preview it here as the tournament's getting underway Thursday and on Friday on College Basketball Coast to Coast. 
Ah, yes. It is about to be here. The mayhem, the blur of 32 games on these first two days of the 2019 NCAA Division I Men's Basketball Championship, a.k.a. March Madness, a.k.a. the Big Dance. Love talking about it on college basketball coast-to-coast. And with this guy, my analyst, the former Purdue and South Florida assistant, he was part of the 1980 Purdue Final Four team and coaching staff. He was also part of the Florida Gators radio broadcast on back-to-back championship seasons, 06-07, longtime television analyst ESPN. He will also be working the Gators game with Nevada in Iowa uh, in the first round of the NCAA tournaments. I want to talk to him about all those things. Here once again is Mark Wise back with me. Uh, Are we fully charged up here, batteries charged up? fully fueled and ready for what we're about to see at eight different sites, 32 games over the next couple of days? No question. This begins the best three weeks, I think, of the sporting season. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this to you for Thursday and Friday. Disclaimer, right away, you may already know what has happened Thursday while Mark and I are talking. We're talking in the preview mode We do not know what has happened Thursday, especially if you're hearing us on Friday preview the game. So if you hear us talking on Thursday, Mark may sound tremendously intelligent coming up, and I may sound really stupid. (laughs) But let's find out uh, here what we think. If I say to you, looking at the Thursday slate of 16 games, give me a game or two you are really intrigued by besides the one you're working. Give me one, at least. Well, I think the Purdue Old Dominion game has my attention. Uh, Carson Edwards is he 100%. Uh, Purdue didn't play particularly well down the stretch. I think, you know, it's a great story with Jeff Jones and Old Dominion getting back into the tournament. Uh, I think they're an undervalued team. That's one that gets gets my attention right away. And that is a game that is actually uh, late at night, uh, almost 10 Eastern time in Hartford, the final game of four, uh, Jeff Jones I know that uh, I know what you meant. The whole audience may not know this whole story yet. He's battled back from cancer. He's a former player and star on Virginia's NCAA tournament teams. A former coach at American University, where he had them in the tournament. They won the conference tournament in Conference USA to get Old Dominion back in the big dance. So it is a fantastic story. And you're right that one that one jumps off the page at me. And there are a couple of more. Uh, for Thursday, that that Louisville-Minnesota game that everybody keeps talking about. Richard Patino's Minnesota team out of the Big Ten against his dad's former school. He was fired disgracefully from Louisville. They're now playing against each other in that matchup in Des Moines. Uh, that's the first game right out of the box in Des Moines. On th- I'm, I'm anxious to see what that one looks like and whether Chris Mack's Louisville team uh, out of the tough ACC will have something for Minnesota. I'm intrigued by that game, Mark. Well, I, I must confess, I'm not a fan of the matchup. I don't think it's fair to Chris Mack. I don't think it's fair particularly to Richard Pacino. But since I will be in Des Moines anyway, you can bet your bottom dollar I will be at that game. Uh, I want to see uh, the atmosphere involved and, and, and just see uh, you know, whether or not Minnesota can uh, um, shake off their offensive woes that they've struggled with. Hey, I've got one more that I want to throw at you. I'm calling it the the in-the-zone game on Thursday because Syracuse in an 8-9 game plays Baylor. We all know Syracuse zones every possession, but Baylor zones every possession as well. So this is a two-team, this is two teams that are going to go at it, uh, what I'm calling in-the-zone because uh, you're going to have to make some shots 
in order to come out and probably meet Gonzaga. Yeah, it's uh, it's like flying on Delta Airlines, which you and I frequent, free plug. Which zone am I in? When can I get on the plane? Or what, which <laughs> zone is it? That game in Salt Lake City is, again, a night game uh, on Thursday night. Um, uh, again, uh, we're anxious to see ACC Big 12. Uh, a game that I'm just throwing out there. I don't know that Florida State is going to be upset in Hartford on Thursday afternoon, but Vermont could give them real problems in this game. I'm not going so far as to call the shot like Babe Ruth pointing to center field in the World Series before he hit the home run, but Vermont, could get as a 13 seed, could give FSU some trouble. I know FSU's got much more size, but, but Vermont could score. Am I off base here? What do you think? Well, I think Vermont uh, has a great inside-out combination. Uh, remember, remember, this is the team that lost in the American East Finals a year ago at the buzzer at home to a school called UMBC. <laughs> Otherwise, there would be no Virginia 116 upset. So I'm thrilled that John Becker and his team have gotten back I just think there's too much length here. I, I, I think they'll overwhelm Vermont inside. They'll choke off the inside part of that combination, as, and as a consequence, we'll move on. All right. And your game again for Thursday, while we talk the Thursday games with Mark Wise on College Basketball Coast to Coast, you'll be working Florida, Nevada. Give me a thing or two that you're looking at that this game is going to come down to in a 7-10 matchup in Iowa. Polar opposites. Nevada is really good on the offensive end. Everybody knows about the Martin twins, especially Caleb Martin. But the key for them is Jordan Caroline. He's, he's dealt with an Achilles issue. He did not play in the loss to San Diego State in the Mountain West tournament. However, uh, everything I see says he's going to be good to go against Florida. Uh, I think this is basically a where is the score game. If the score is in the 60s, that will, flavor, that will favor Florida, and if the game's in the 70s and 80s, that will favor Nevada. It depends on, uh, again, uh, several different factors here. Nevada lost in the semifinals of their conference tournament. Of course, Florida pulled the upset of LSU to get into the semifinals before being beaten by the eventual champion Auburn. So, uh, you know, some teams that have had some success here, these two programs. Remember, Nevada upset Cincinnati a year ago in this tournament as the two-seed and moved on to the Sweet 16. That was then. This is now. Let's see what happens um, on that part of it. All right, we move on to Friday. Same question. Again, those are the Thursday games as you're hearing us on College Basketball Coast to Coast, so you may already know those results. Obviously, you do know those results if you're hearing us in the preview mode on Friday. Friday games, what stands out a game or two, sir? Well, I'm going to go to the same pod for two different reasons. I'm going to give you the games that stand out and my upset. Okay. I'm going to the afternoon session in San Jose. I think Oregon has found themselves. They've reinvented themselves. I thought they looked marvelous in the Pac-12 tournament, and I get all the Pac-12 jokes. So stop with that right now. Wisconsin can only win a certain way, and that's if the game's in the 50s and 60s. I just don't like teams that are, are, are so confining on the offensive end. I think Oregon beats Wisconsin. I also don't like teams that are damaged goods. What do I mean by that? If you've got injuries that you're dealing with, Dean Wade will not play for Kansas State. Mm. Too. They're playing a Cal-Irvine team that's won 30 games on the year. I think in this pod, I think the 12 and the 13 
move out to play each other. And that is a humongous bracket buster if it happens. And it's not unprecedented. It's happened some in the recent past where we've had like an 11 uh, end up playing a 10 or a 12 end up playing a 13 with the upsets. Those would be humongous out in San Jose uh, for those two matchups in that one. Uh, A couple of other games to keep an eye on, I think, for Friday. I saw the Georgia State team that uh, defeated UT Arlington for the automatic bid that came at the Sun Belt Championship game Sunday. We broadcasted it on TuneIn as Georgia State and Ron Hunter won the Sun Belt tournament for the third time in five years. Happy to report, Mark Wise, no bodily injury for Ron Hunter again. <laughs> second year in a row. Remember, he ripped the Achilles four years ago. We were there, and it led to Georgia State upsetting Baylor in the opening round of the tournament. When his son, R.J. Hunter, hit the bomb three in the final seconds, he fell off the little roller stool on that. So we were reminding him of all of that. So this case, Georgia State is now playing against Houston, the regular season American champs. This game in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Friday night. You saw some of the Houston Cougars this year in your ESPN broadcasting duties uh, for the ESPN family of networks. Georgia State has got some length, not a tremendous amount of size. They've got several guys that can make the three. This is a 14 against a three seed. Am I way off base that Georgia State could give Houston problems in Tulsa Friday night? I think they could give them problems, but Houston is such a tough-minded team, tough-minded head coach. I think they will answer the charge, but I agree with you. That pod, when you throw in Iowa State in the 6-11 game, Iowa State, Houston, and Georgia State, uh, I think could any of those three could come out of that pod. But right now, I'm going to stick with Houston. Okay. All right. So these are the games that are coming up on uh, on Friday. We're interested to see all of these different teams uh, get after it. Duke will be in action uh, on Friday night. Uh, that one in Columbia, South Carolina. Virginia will also be in Columbia, South Carolina against the 16 seed in Gardner-Webb. So some of the top teams that will be playing on Friday and for these different matchups on Friday. We're anxious to see what they can do. Um, I'm also, TJ, yeah. I'm also interested, maybe not because of the matchup in the game. I'm, I'm anxious to see the crowd Friday in Columbus, Ohio, Cincinnati. And I guess I'm saying that not from the Iowa perspective, who Cincinnati plays in the first round, but from the ten- Tennessee perspective, as the two seed, if Cincinnati wins and comes out and plays Tennessee, will that indeed be a road game for the Vols in the second round of the tournament? And one more point here, again, as we talk to Mark Wise, final couple of minutes, he's got to run. I know we do as well before we throw the ball up here on Thursday and Friday. Depending on when you're hearing this, you may already know the Thursday results we talked about. We're also in the preview mode on Friday for the games. Cincinnati and, and Iowa right off the bat at a, as a noon game. How It is a challenge. How difficult is the challenge when you sit around all day until the night session, much less because of television dictating this, CBS and the Turner Cable Networks, that you're not playing until 9.30, 10 Eastern time? It's tough. How tough is it for those that have to sit around and wait Thursday night and Friday night, Mark? I will tell you that I do think it's tough. I've seen teams that have had to deal with that and had to uh, stay up, if you will. But I'll tell you what's worse, TJ, is to play the first game out of the box and be done in the tournament by 2 o'clock on Thursday. So from that standpoint, if you ask me, would I rather play the first game on Thursday 
or the last game on Thursday, I'd much rather play the last game. Because you're not going to be remembered as much. Remember Duke, what was about five years ago, played Mercer in the very first game of the tournament, first game that tipped off, and Mercer upset them as a 14 seed. And and obviously there are going to be four teams that are going to immediately lose on Thursday and Friday as their first game. I know what you're saying on that. It's just tough when the games are going on in the arena, the games are going on everywhere on TV and all the other brackets, and you got to sit and wait and wait till you're used to playing usually local time at like 7 p.m., 8 p.m. Some of these schools will wait, depending on overtime, length of the first game in the night session, till 10 p.m. or or later before their game tips. And it it is... uh, it's fascinating how schools have to deal with that. You just you just have to roll with it because of the television dictation of when you're playing, right? One more time. Yeah, but I would rather the team kind of absorb the day, absorb watching different games, absorb the um, ambiance, the atmosphere of the NCAA tournament. When you're in that 12 o'clock game and, and the building is probably half full at that point in time, there's a lot of tension. There, You know, everybody's uptight, nervous. It's the first game of the and nobody wants to be one and done in the tournament, but nobody especially wants to be one and done when you're the very first game at a site on Thursday. And it's interesting for Mississippi State, uh, who's a central time zone team, and you saw them at the end of the regular season. They play Liberty. That's an evening game Eastern time, but it's only 4.30 in the afternoon, early bird special for the elderly uh, for Mississippi State and Liberty in San Jose. <laughs> and therefore, the Virginia Tech-St. Louis game on Friday night is not actually 10 p.m. It may be on Virginia Tech's body clock there in the Eastern time zone, but they're playing out west in St. Louis, St. Louis in the Central time zone. This game only 7 p.m. local time if they adjust. Not as bad as those that are playing in the east that are playing late, late. I know I'm belaboring that point, but let's see what happens. I mean, Michigan's playing Montana late on Thursday. You may already know that result. That's the final game that's being played in Des Moines in the region where you are Wofford Seton Hall Thursday is a 9.40 scheduled start time in Jacksonville. Let's see what happens with the teams that have to wait later. I know this. We don't have to wait much longer. 16 games Thursday, 16 more Friday. Mark Wise, thank you as always for hopping on with me to preview them on college basketball coast to coast. Let's go. Let's see what happens, right? Let's throw it up. And College Basketball Coast to Coast is being brought to you by FanVestWageringExchange.com and their March Madness Portfolio Challenge. Again, you have until Thursday at noon Eastern time when the games get underway to hop into FanVest and play for free uh, this portfolio challenge, not unlike the stock market. You're picking different teams according to their their monetary value. You're investing fictitious FanVest bucks against all Everybody else that's playing the game all across the country, all across the world that's investing and playing. Uh, Again, if you're hearing us after the game is locked, I'm sorry you didn't get there in time. But if you can get there in time, get to FanVestWageringExchange.com. Sign up. It'll take you less than two minutes to sign up. Go ahead and invest your FanVest bucks. Maybe you want to invest all of them, most of them, or maybe you want to hold some of them back. Because as the tournament goes on, you can continue to invest in teams, even though their price value will go up as they win. The idea is to score points with teams. It's not like a bracket game where your bracket's locked and you can't switch it around. You can switch your investment dollars uh, into different teams later in the tournament if you hold some back. So again, go to FanVestWageringExchange.com 
and sign up before noon on Thursday. Uh, here is poly- a part of college basketball coast to coast and make your picks, make your selections and invest those fan vest investment bucks with the March uh, portfolio, the March Madness portfolio bracket game that's going on. The March, the March Madness portfolio challenge is the correct name. Uh, so invest in those different teams. Good luck with those from FanVest Wagering Exchange. We're anxious to see what happens. Get in before noon on Thursday with FanVestWageringExchange.com. And as we do rock along here on College Basketball Coast to Coast, I've mentioned already the Georgia State Panthers Friday night game with the Houston Cougars uh, coming up. That is a 14-seed Georgia State as the Sun Belt automatic bid winners against Houston, the American Conference, a regular season champs. They lost the title game to Cincinnati on Sunday while Georgia State was winning Sunday in New Orleans over their two-seed UT Arlington. Houston as the one-seed was losing to their two-seed Cincinnati in Memphis, Tennessee, and the American Athletic Conference Tournament Final. This is a Friday night game, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Let's go back to Sunday. Ron Hunter, the coach of Georgia State, has had the Panthers in the NCAA Tournament now three of the last five years, back-to-back seasons. They were celebrating that win over UT Arlington on Sunday. Demarcus Simons, their star player, didn't have a great game. He was good. They got a balanced attack. They've got an excellent shooter in Malik Ben-Levy. They've got a couple of other guys that can score as well. So, Ron Hunter was celebrating, was looking ahead to Selection Sunday. Here's the Georgia State uh, lovable, fun head coach as I talked with him on Sunday after his team's win in the Sun Belt title game. For mid-majors, I was saying it before, it's really hard because, you know, we knew we, you don't get an at-large berth. you got to go win the thing. It doesn't matter how great your year. We've had a great year. But we talked about it, you know, to go to the NCAA tournament three out of the last five years and back-to-back is something really special. And as a mid-major head coach, that's all I've been. I've been a mid-major head coach, man. This is it. You know, this is our Super Bowl. And so to get to that dance, man, that just means so much to my kids, to this program. And to do it like we've been able to do it in back-to-back years, man. You know, I can retire. I can retire after a couple <laughs> wins in a tournament, man. <laughs> I, under, I understand. You had five players in double figures. You had seniors like Ben Levy and Thomas yeah. and experienced players like Simon Wilson. Yeah. How much did you draw on that experience this whole weekend, back-to-back tournament title wins? You know, I, we came in a tournament. I knew I was going to play about seven guys. I was going to win or lose with my seniors, and I thought that I was going to let those guys decide it, and they were big, man. They've been in big games before, and these are the same group. They want to go back. We played Cincinnati in the NCAA tournament and felt like we let it get away, and this is the same group that's going to get back there and have another chance. Okay, a couple more for you uh, because it's tough to beat a team twice. You just beat a good UTA team three times. Uh, did you have to do a little bit different here today, or was it much of the same stuff? Just be you and win the game. Well, we talked about. It. I thought they, were, you know, for the first time they were going to be they're going to be really emotional, and we had to wave that, ride that wave. You know, I thought that you know, again, a veteran team came here and played it the right way. After after the first media, we said they aren't going to keep making shots like this. They'll come back down to us, and so and I said once we get the lead, it's over, and it was. Once we got the lead, we never gave it back. All right, one more. Uh, I don't know that you want this tournament to leave this arena. You oh, man. won three of the last five at the Lakefront Arena. It's become the home away from home for the Panthers here. I'm starting to love New Orleans, I man. I love that. And, and one more. Yeah. You know your name's coming up somewhere in about two hours. This has got to be the best feeling in the world to celebrate, and let's see where we're going. We know we're in. Yeah, you know, we just decided we're going to do something different. Uh, we're going to bust back. And we're going to watch it on the bus. I'm going to have all types of food where it's just a tip. No, no hotel, 
I told him no restaurants, no. We're getting on the bus, and we it's going to be the party bus for about five hours, man. <laughs> we're going to party like we're in New Orleans on the bus right now. Congratulations, <laughs> Brian Hunter. Thank, Thank you, you for Thank coming you. over on Tune In. God bless you. Again, the Sun Belt champion Georgia State Panthers, Ron Hunter, their coach. They are a 14 seed playing Houston as a three seed in Tulsa Friday night in the Midwest bracket. Uh, We'll say more about this game when I'm talking with Matt Zimmick, but uh, obviously I saw Georgia State firsthand. Uh, They've got some talent. They've got an out-of-conference win over Alabama before their Sun Belt regular season title and now their tournament title. Let's see if they have something for Houston. All right, we will continue along here uh, as we rock along on college basketball coast-to-coast. Another guest coming up. As I mentioned, Matt Zimmick, cbbtoday.com, coming straight ahead. A reminder, by the way, too, here as part of our coverage on college basketball coast to coast you want to subscribe to our podcast via itunes and stitcher it will come to you automatically whether you found us through spreaker.com spreaker has uh, our podcast housed or you found us through cbbtoday.com subscribe on itunes and stitcher and it comes to you automatically all right let's get to it 32 games coming thursday and friday let's talk about it some more with another special guest cannot get away with previewing the first couple of days of the 2019 tournament and not go to Matt Zimmick of cbbtoday.com. Love his insight. We also are uh, looking forward to these games, 32 of them. Uh, I want him to help me decipher which ones he's interested in and maybe an upset or two that he might like. So here we go with the blur as the madness. Yes, we had a little taste of it with a couple of first four games that were on Tuesday and Wednesday night each, but now we get 32 of them, Matt, as I bring you in here that are about to be played. How are you? Are you are you rested enough? Multiple screens ready to go? You good? It's the most wonderful time of the year. You can't no time to be tired. Yeah, especially when you're trying to keep track of regions from Hartford to San Jose to Des Moines to Jacksonville and up to Columbus and down to Tulsa. I mean, it is action everywhere. And I think you agree with me. At some point, somebody at the federal level has to make these national holidays where nobody goes to work. There's very little productivity anyway on these couple of days from for most of the sports fans. Let's just have them be national holidays, please. Can we get that to happen? Can we get a constitutional amendment, something, an executive order, uh, whatever it is, to get these couple of days off? Can we work on that, please? Well, you know, if, if the Monday after Super Bowl Sunday isn't a national holiday, then we should get the Friday, NCAA Tournament Friday as a national holiday. I mean, we, we, there have to be some trade-offs and some balances. If we're, if we're not going to get one, we need to get the other. Absolutely. I think I, I, think I am all for that. Um, all right, so let's, let's dive in. Um, again, there, there's a blur. We could sit here for half an hour, and I should say again to the audience, you may be listening to us on Friday, and you already know what did or didn't happen in the Thursday games. As Matt and I are talking, we're on the cusp of all of the games being played, but we don't know about Thursday. So we're going to talk a little bit about Thursday and some more about Friday. That's just the qualifier. So if I say to you on Thursday, a game or two that you are watching for an intriguing reason, give me one to begin with. And maybe you've got two total, but give me one. Well, so I'm going to give you two. And one of them is an early game on Thursday. So for people listening, the game will probably already be over as you listen to this. But just just keep in, in mind that whatever did happen or does happen in New Mexico State Auburn, Auburn played an SEC tournament four games in four days. 
played a tournament final on a Sunday. You know, many of the other power conference tournaments end on Saturday, but Auburn's ended on Sunday. And Auburn had to go to a Thursday-Saturday site instead of a Friday-Sunday site. And it had to go across the country to Salt Lake City. And it had to play in altitude. And it had to play in the morning, 11.30 a.m. local time. So whatever does happen or whatever did happen, if you listen with that game already having ended, uh, you know, whatever happens there, it will have been impressive for one team to have won and the other team to have lost. New Mexico State entered that game not having won an NCAA tournament game since 1993. So, you know, what the disadvantages that Auburn faced, the advantages that New Mexico State faced, you know, which one either rose to the challenge or wasn't quite able to overcome of everything that was working against that team. That's something to think about. But then uh, Thursday night, TJ, Nevada and Florida. Um, we've seen number seven seeds and actually number 10 seeds as well. Syracuse in 2016 make a run to the final four. And I think that if a 7-10 game on the bracket in any of the four regions is going to produce a final four team, it's Nevada-Florida because these teams uh, play really good defense, especially Florida, and they could give Michigan all sorts of trouble in the second round. And then Texas Tech in the upper half of that section of the West bracket, Texas Tech a fine team, Big 12 champion, but not a proven NCAA tournament team. Made the Elite Eight, but that, but that was with two stars, Jair Smith and Keenan Evans, who are not around there this year on, on this year's lineup. So that, to me, looks like a section. The, uh, the, the Michigan-Texas Tech section, also with Buffalo there, um, that seems to be a wide-open section of the bracket, which makes that Nevada-Florida game highly intriguing to me. And I think that if a Florida team, which has played great defense most of the year, can get hot from three, uh, and I wrote about this at College Basketball Today, cbbtoday.com, Florida could be the SEC's version of 2017 South Carolina. Uh, the Gamecocks, a seventh seed, which, you know, just everything suddenly began to click after a fairly mediocre regular season. Um, that Florida team really intrigues me in terms of having dark horse potential. And I know everybody goes back and forth in the literary world about irony or coincidence, but it is ironic because you're you're comparing Florida to two years ago South Carolina, and who did South Carolina beat to go to that Final Four? They beat Florida, who was arguably favored uh, to win in that game. Uh, at Madison Square Garden, but it was instead the Gamecocks who went. So maybe Florida is this year's version of that. We'll see. Interesting. You took two games involving SEC teams against Western teams: uh, Auburn against New Mexico State, Nevada against Florida. And I will I will put one more game out there uh, that I want a thought from you on. We've got this stat that out of the first four winners. All eight years of the first four going into this year, this is year number nine, all eight years there's been a first four winner come out and win an opening round game. We would logically point to Belmont and Maryland that are playing in Jacksonville in the afternoon on Thursday. Again, you may be listening. You may already know the result, especially if you're listening on Friday. You will know the result. Matt and I do not. Belmont, a win midweek against a Maryland team that was beaten fairly early in the Big Ten tournament and has been waiting over a week to play another game. Just beware. I'm putting that out there. Let's uh, let's see what happens here because Rick Bird's team was impressive 
uh, in the win over Temple, especially in the second half of the win over Temple back on Tuesday night. Let's see. Let's see if Belmont, the little guys from the Ohio Valley Conference, uh, can can knock off tradition rich Maryland here in that Matt again just keep an eye on that one and again Arizona State is in the other game for Friday afternoon uh, playing against Buffalo in the other matchup where first four team that's an 11 seed uh, will be playing Buffalo in Tulsa the the trend says one of those teams is gonna win Belmont or Arizona State Matt Zimmick. Yeah, so Belmont's going to be a very popular pick against Maryland. I think if you put 100 college basketball experts in a room and you ask them who's the better head coach, Rick Bird or Mark Turgeon, uh, most of them will say Bird. <laughs> and uh, that, that, and Turgeon's a decent coach, but, but Bird, I think, is definitely better. Um, Maryland might have the best player on the floor, Bruno Fernando, uh, but Belmont finally getting its first NCAA tournament win. That's going to be a confident team. The counterbalance uh, is that Belmont, after having to play that first four game on Tuesday, is playing a midday game uh, in you know in in Jacksonville. That's a com- decent commute from Dayton. So the logistics could catch up with Belmont in that game. But in terms of the coaching and in terms of the quality of basketball. The two teams are playing. You know, Maryland was dreadful in the Big Ten tournament, crashed out up to a shorthand Nebraska team. Uh, Belmont's going to be the, the, the very popular selection for that kind of win that you just outlined. I like it. All right, a couple more minutes left. Let's get to some Friday games here on College Basketball Coast to Coast. And again, however you found the show, whether it's through uh, Spreaker.com, the link off of CBBToday.com, go ahead and subscribe. iTunes, Stitcher, subscribe where you find your podcast because it'll come immediately to you here all through the March Madness part of this. Uh, and I love the insight of guys like Matt Zimmick from CBBToday.com. You'll be reading what he writes through the tournament. Joe Nardone, his staff, everybody uh, at CBB Today will be writing constantly about this tournament. Let's go to Friday. Same question. Game, maybe two games that jump off uh, the board for you to keep an eye on. Go ahead and why. So uh, I haven't talked about a Pac-12 team yet. And since I'm in Phoenix, I, I need to. Uh, the Wisconsin-Oregon game and the Washington-Utah State game. First, the Wisconsin-Oregon game. This is a game in which the analytics say that Wisconsin should definitely win. Uh, but the, the, the betting lines, the betting markets are very high on Oregon because they see that Oregon has a lot of high leapers and a lot of raw athletes, and Wisconsin is not the most athletic team. And we've seen in past NCAA tournaments, TJ, Wisconsin – be that team that's seated seven, eight notches higher, but get wiped away by a double-digit seed. I recall Cornell beating uh, Wisconsin in a 12-over-4 game. I recall UNLV beating Wisconsin in a 7-over-2 upset in 2007 with Lon Kruger. So uh, a lot of people you know, remember Wisconsin losing these 5-12 games or these uh, – Games as a four seed, something like that, and they're and they're high on Oregon. So I can really see that happening. That to me looks like a very close game. And then Utah State Washington is intriguing for a couple of reasons. One is, will the Mike Hopkins two three zone defense imported from Syracuse will it drive an opponent batty in the first round of the NCAA tournament the same way that Syracuse does? So that's one point of intrigue. The second one, and you and I have talked about this, that Washington beat only one NCAA tournament team, and that was Oregon, 
And Oregon became an NCAA tournament team only because it beat Washington in the Pac-12 final, and it would not have gotten in had it not beaten Washington. And Washington did beat Oregon, but it, Washington went one and two against Oregon. So Washington, in terms of beating an actual NCAA tournament teams, you know, barely, barely met that criterion. So will Washington be able to handle a, what is a very solid Utah State team that tied Nevada for the Mountain West regular season championship and then won the Mountain West tournament? You know, if Washington gets smoked in this game, anyone who's been saying how bad the, the Pac-12 is over the course of the season, and of course I'm right at the forefront because I, I watched way too much Pac-12 basketball for my own health and well-being. <laughs> uh, you know, so I, I'm very interested to see if Washington can actually win this game. If Washington wins this game, Washington will shut me up. Uh, but uh, we, we will see just what the Huskies are made of against a good Utah State team. I agree, and I like that Oregon team. We know there's going to be a 12-5 upset. You can just feel it because all the five seeds won last year, but right now it seems like every year at least one 12 seed. Sometimes it's two of them will win. Maybe it's coming in that Friday game in San Jose. Uh, where again, will will a team be sleepwalking? Will a Kansas State be sleepwalking in the West early when it's an 11 a.m. Pacific time start? Will a Wisconsin team that has flown all the way out there after the Big Ten tournament, Oregon, a much easier flight in the same time zone from Oregon to San Jose after the Pac-12 title win? Will they be ready to go? Let's uh, let's see on that. I, I again, I'm intrigued. Virginia finally is back on the floor on Friday afternoon after the humiliation of UMBC beating them last year as a 16 seed. Again, it's Gardner Webb as a 16 seed. That's Friday afternoon in Columbia, South Carolina, and again a couple of games Friday night that we're going to be interested in. Um, in particular, I like that uh, Georgia State Houston game. I think Georgia State can play with Houston. I saw them firsthand courtside with my own eyeballs. In the Sun Belt tournament this past weekend, I think that has the makings of what could be a very entertaining game in uh, in Tulsa in that one. So we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. And again, Buffalo as the hunted against Arizona State. It's Buffalo now the sixth seed. Remember they pulled the upset last year against Arizona. This is the cross state rival Arizona State that won the first four game. Let's see what happens in the matchup with Buffalo. All right, Matt, anything else? Uh, I'll give you one final opportunity here before they throw the ball up on Thursday for 32 games in two days. We'll be down to the Sweet 16 by Monday. Anything else that stands out as we're ready to go for the 2019 version of the tournament? Ultra quickly, just to hit on some of the games you mentioned, Buffalo-Arizona State is Bobby Hurley going against his former team at Buffalo. Right. Oregon in 2013 won its 12-5 game in San Jose against Oklahoma State and then beat fourth-seeded St. Louis. So there's precedent for Oregon not just winning as a 12, but winning as a 12 in San Jose. In that building. Uh, That's tremendous, yes. Uh Uh-huh, and then – the, the Georgia State Georgia State has won as a 14 seed in the past. It beat Baylor in a 14 over three upset a few years ago. So well, and I did. There are precedents I, for the things that you're talking you about. And, and I did the 2015 Sun Belt title game. That's the first one of the five that I've done, where Ron Hunter, literally Matt Zimmick, leaped off the bench and ripped his Achilles. While I was watching, we didn't know what had happened to him. We saw him go down, leaping to the floor to come hug his son, R.J. Hunter. He couldn't get up, Matt Zimmick, 
and then you knew it was something serious, and it turns out he had torn his Achilles. He coached four days later in Orlando, and his son, R.J. Hunter, made a 30-foot three-pointer in the final seconds. And who can forget the image? You're going to see the image before this game is played again on Friday. They're going to show the video of him falling off the roller stool in <laughs> In Orlando. You know that's going to happen. Yes. You know they're going to play that. They're going to show it again, and they won an NCAA tournament game. So let's see what. And and, and again, it's worth pointing out before you go here that Georgia State had Cincinnati on the ropes last year. They had them down in the first half. It was a two point game with like six minutes left. They went tooth and nail, and Georgia State's got like seven players back from that that all play and contribute back from that team last year. Houston is going to have their hands full. I will be stunned. And again, this is a Friday game, so you're you're probably hearing us in advance, but you may be hearing us after it's over. Uh, I will be stunned if Georgia State does not hang with Houston and Houston beats them badly. Again, maybe I am biased having watched them in person Sunday, and I didn't get to see a lot of Houston at all in Memphis in the in the American Conference tournament. But uh, Demarcus Simons can get to the rim at six six as a guard. They've got two or three other big guards that are six five, six six that shoot threes and can dribble, uh, take people off the dribble. They've got depth across their front line. Two or three big guys at six seven, six nine that are experienced juniors and seniors. I'm talking them up like they're going to win the national title. I just, I just wonder if they're a little underseeded Georgia State for this matchup in Houston. Let's see. Let's see what happens. That's what this is all about. Because, Matt, one final comment. You know there are upsets coming. You know there are team teams with double-digit numbers next to their names that are about to win games all across Thursday and Friday. It's going to happen. Well, it's kind of like in college football. When you look at the Saturday schedule and you go, oh, this is going to be a boring Saturday. Look <laughs> at all these dull games. All these guys, what? <laughs> it all breaks wide open. I mean, that, you know, and I, I do kind of think, actually, that this tournament's going to be a little chalkier than most. So, of course, of course, you're going to see a couple two seeds lose in the first round. Yes, let's see if that's again. We've had that happen before, too, with multiple two seeds and three seeds going bye-bye early on. All right, uh, let's do this. Let's throw the ball up for 32 games on Thursday and Friday. We'll read you Matt Zimmick, cbbtoday.com. You're with us here on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Thank you, sir. Enjoy the madness, the mayhem, and all the hoops. Let's dance, baby. And that'll do it. The blur of 32 games coming. Again, you may know a lot of the Thursday results. Obviously, if you're listening to us later on Thursday or on Friday morning as the Friday games are getting underway, enjoy the madness. My thanks to my guest, Mark Wise, the analyst who's going to be working that Florida-Nevada game on Thursday night. You may already know that result if you're listening on Friday. Thank you uh, to Mark Wise for hopping on with me. He'll be with me throughout the rest of March and through the Final Four in Minneapolis. Thanks also Ron Hunter, the Georgia State coach, who was a post-game guest in their Sunbelt win after the game on Sunday when they defeated UT Arlington for the Sunbelt title. Georgia State again with Houston on Friday night in a game in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 14 seed against the three seed. We're anxious to see what happens uh, in that matchup for sure. Matt Zimmick also with me, cbbtoday.com. Great insight, great analysis. Love his writing. He's ready for 32 games in two days here as part of the 2019 NCAA tournament. 
Read Matt at cbbtoday.com. We thank him for stopping by. We thank you for being with us as well. Enjoy all the action all across the land, from San Jose to Hartford, from Jacksonville to Des Moines, from Columbus to Tulsa. We are anxious to see how all of this is going to play out uh, as it all unfolds. We'll come back on the weekend with another edition here of the nation's college basketball show. Enjoy the tournament. It's college basketball coast to coast. Bye.